0: okay so now i know which my what my right statistics are the second thing is 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 my data accurate and i'm going to tell you this is one that you really need to spend a lot of time on this is the pmp industry insider podcast hello everyone welcome out to another episode of the pmp industry insider podcast where we take a look at what is changing in the pest and lawn industries and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest and Triangle Lawn. And with me is the ever-present, ever-accurate Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good morning? Where you're at? It's afternoon. Where I'm at. uh, Our sponsors, our new program,
1: and our topic. Yes. So here I am in sunny. Actually, it's not sunny yet, Hawaii, because it's nice and early in the morning. Because uh, we. Wanted to do this at noontime. So I'm here at six o'clock in the morning doing this, but <laughs> it's that I enjoy being with Donnie so much that oh yeah. Anyway, for sure. uh yeah. so anyway, uh Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers and, and MA specialists, uh CFO services, bookkeeping, brokerage services, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, we've been talking about the news that uh, we've expanded our offerings to peer groups in partnership with industry veteran David Billingsley. Um, and um, we've actually put several groups together already over this. Uh, to learn more, go back and listen to episode uh, number 136 or visit PMP Industry Insider.com backslash peer groups. Um, also, our sponsors, as always, call March by Workwave for all of your marketing needs, not just digital. And that would be coalmarch.com. And for your insurance needs, for workers' comp, for auto, for general liability, and for several others, uh, that would be peshure.com. So today uh we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart and uh i think really near and dear to donnie's heart and this is going to be a danny and donnie episode and we're going to talk about business intelligence uh dashboard reporting the importance of data integrity uh just wrote an article for my my monthly column in pmp that that addresses this but uh I, I wrote this little intro because I I, th- I think it's really important, because w- what I'm seeing out there is a lot of consultants and whatnot in the industry who use these beautiful programs and um, they produce awesome uh, graphs and charts. So charts, graphs, cool, interactive elements are all part of the new age of information reporting that many consultants and accounting, including PCO bookkeepers, are using to track key performance indicators. Uh, and business trends and financial insights for these, for, for clients. So the programs are colorful, cool, and allow for easy interpretation of data. But what happens when the dashboard software is fed in accurate information? So today we're going to talk about the, uh, uh, accuracy of data imported into these online dashboards, in particular, financial information for presentation. So, Donnie, I, gave a bunch of questions and <laughs> and whatnot. Uh but uh there's there's a few out there business bi, domo, clipfolio, and one that's pretty cool that we've been working with for about a year called Fathom. Um and uh let's kind of go into that.
0: Well it's kind of funny that we're doing this topic because I have had a fairly meaning in the last three weeks raw experience with this. And 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 if you want to first of all I would say intelligence and my name in the same sentence is probably an oxymoron but having said all of that i'm going to share a quick experience i just had recently you know one of the things we're talking about kpis i feel like this is such a rabbit hole and mainly because of like you know there's a big difference between information and insight and and i feel like in general technology has driven this just this this massive run towards information. And we've lost this idea of insight as to what it means. It's like, you know, it's great that you can tell me how many times a wheel is going to turn before an airplane gets off the ground. But if you can't tell me like when it's going to get off the ground, that's a big problem. Right. Especially if I run out of runway. And so I say that to say this. So I had an experience where we are, we are currently meaning triangle. We're moving to a data warehouse and, we're using all kinds of, um, well, you've seen it, Dan, you saw it in one of our peer groups where it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're combining data from different data sources. We're, we're combining it from our CRM. We're combining it from podium, you know, which is our review platform. We're combining it from, from basically any, you know, paychecks or payrolls, anything and everything that touches the business, we're able to pull it into this, into this data warehouse. And so, it has taken some time to kind of set up all of these data sources and get them automated and get it. So it's feeding this data warehouse consistently. Usually all of them are updated at least every couple of hours. And so I'd gotten to this part of the project and now I'm ready to start generating dashboards. And so
1: the, the data is overwhelming. I mean, it's just absolutely overwhelming. Before you continue, talk about like a data warehouse warehouse, what it is and what, like, so if everything were on one platform, you wouldn't need a data warehouse, right? But what this does is it kind of uh, brings it all in so that you can draw on that data, right? Yeah. So, so there's several platforms out there that, that, that do this, but
0: essentially it's, you can almost think of it as your own business database where you can bring in several different disparate data sources. So we use call tracking metrics. We pull in all of our data from that. We use Podium. We pull in all of our data from that. We use QuickBooks. We pull in all of our data from that. We use Google Ads. We use Paychecks. We pull in, uh, and then of course our CRM. We pull all of that data into one place that we can now start mixing data sources together to grab insight. So so an example of that would be, we look at our technicians you know, how many stops are they doing? How many skips are they doing? What is their cancel rate? How many leads are they submitting? How many reviews are they sending? How many of those reviews are actually coming back? Of that, what's their average rating? Is it four star five star? So it's, it's it's a way to kind of pull all of this together together to get this macro view of what's going on. And this is the whole idea behind information and insight because it's easy to get like these little bits of information. It's very powerful when you can pull it all together and get kind of this much bigger view of what's happening. So-
1: anyway so I'm into this place but, but the the information that you bring from your CRM pest pack or uh from QuickBooks from uh it has to be accurate your payroll you can't look well, at just technicians if paychecks or whoever you're using is not carved up by division and 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 so the, the, the data warehouse has to know who which employees are technicians right so that, well, we're gonna we're gonna get important. to that. We're going
0: to get to that. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I'm here and I'm deciding, okay, well, let me take a look at, you know, it, now I've got to build these dashboards. And that's in and of itself is kind of overwhelming. It's like, what should we report on? Like, what's really, really, And so I'm like, well, you know, at the end of the day, every, you know, in, in traction, they have this whole idea of an accountability chart, right? And, and the idea behind an accountability chart is that every position should have anywhere no more than three to five major accountabilities. So I'm like, well, that makes sense. So we'll go to the accountability chart. And then from that accountability chart, we'll decide on, these are going to be the basics that we're going to report on. Well, I go to the accountability chart and it turns out that I didn't have an accountability
1: chart. <laughs> I had an org chart. It, it works much better when you don't have an
0: accountability. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I had an org chart, didn't have an accountability chart, which was like, that was my first problem. And then I went from that to say, okay, well, now we need to fix that. And then I go to our position agreements. And, you know, I think I've told this story. So, so I go to our position agreements and like if, for, for example, let's just say inside salesperson, what do you think a number one job of an inside salesperson should be, Dan? Selling. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just hold that thought. What do you think the number one job of an outside salesperson should be? Selling. Okay, great. That makes sense to me. But on our position agreements, it said to treat and service pests for triangle pest control customers. That's what it said. That would be a technician. That would be a technician. (laughs) So what I realized, you know, so bringing this back, what I realized was is that, you know, and and when we talk about data and we talk about accuracy, you, you know, the very first thing that I realized that we were not doing is to clearly define this is the insight that I need for this position versus this is the information. And so you started this with, hey, a lot of folks can create a lot of pretty graphs and there's a lot of, look, I can go on you know, analytics, Google analytics, and tell you what such and such is watching at 8 p.m. at night it has absolutely nothing to do with how many leads I'm going to get the next day, right? So so my point is, is that, you know, I think the very first thing that we need to talk about is is like, what is the insight that you need to have? And then from that, you're 100% accurate, which is now how do I get that insight? Because a lot of times what you'll find is that people are very good at reporting data, they're not so good at validating that that's the right data and that the right data right. is accurate, and that's the hard part, right? I mean, that's the real from an hard.
1: accounting perspective. It is so so you can use these uh, like this Fathom, uh, visit them, FathomHQ.com. Uh, they're they're pretty cool. But if you're an accountant and you're importing this information and the information is bad, you're going to get pretty graphs and charts and and information. But but you've got to have a CPA who has industry experience push it into this program or otherwise you're going to get bad information and that's going to cause you to make bad decisions and uh, you're not going to grow your business. But, uh, you know, and we can talk about like some of these off the shelf programs, some of some of these KPIs have absolutely no relevance to our industries or to, you know, pest control and lawn care. And some, we have our own KPIs within the industry that we have to build. So, so it's important stuff to, to make sure that the data is proper.
0: The other thing too, I would say is, um, you know, one of the things that, and, and I've mentioned this before and, um, I don't, I mean, Dan, maybe you can cut me a check later on for saying this, but one of the things I really like about PCO is, is that oftentimes when you're comparing numbers, what people don't do is they don't validate assumptions. So they'll say, Hey, my gross margin is this. And you're like, man, that's a fantastic gross margin. But then you start asking questions like, well, do you put insurance in cost of goods sold? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you put gas and, you know, and fuel, I mean, you know, fuel and like service. Oh no, 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 we, we put that. And so you want to be careful about that. And so when I say validate assumptions, like, you know, one of the key things, especially in financial reporting, I think is making sure that you're pretty clear on your chart of accounts. And before you do any kind of comparison, like, well, you know, the industry average is this and your average is that you, a fundamental question you need to ask is, Am I comparing the same data set here? Because oftentimes, if you're well, that, not doing that, man, you're not getting an accurate So that, the, the cool
1: thing, yeah, the cool thing about what we do is we require, you know, and we've been doing this almost 20 years. We require our clients to pretty much have the same charts of accounts so that we can do comparative. And we've got some of the biggest and best companies as clients in the industry our clients make up over well over $1.2 billion in revenue, annualized revenue. So we have this information. We're not just comparing it against these, you know, uh, uh, smaller companies that may or may not have, you know, uh, good KPIs, but but KPIs should be compared historically against yourself, not just against the industry. So how are you doing historically? Uh, then you compare them against your budget for actual to budget. And then you go to industry data like ours or, you know, uh, there, there's uh, some other data providers out there. But I think that ours is is, is pretty slick because we're kind of set up, uh, you know, our chart of accounts pretty much line up with with a lot of the big boys, but we've developed it over the years. So it's it's interesting stuff. Right. So let's get into a couple of
0: these KPIs that, that you really need to know. I, You know, I spent, well, you know this, Dan, I spent the last quarter teaching my managers and my leaders um, <laughs> which ones are really important and which one, wh- what game we're really playing. And I, I get tickled because if you want an eye-opening experience, walk into your leadership team tomorrow and say, if you had to put one number to as to whether or not we're winning or losing a game of business, what would that one number be? And if you get everyone to say the exact same number, not the number itself, but the the exact same measurement, the KPI. Yeah. You need to call me and I will give you something. I've gift card. What I, I mean, I have yet to do this and have, even in my own team, which is why I did the training. Um, most people are not super clear at the end of the day, when you're in business, you're absolutely playing a game. It is absolutely a game and you have to view it that way. You know, like a football game, a basketball game, whatever. And this is there, a box
1: score. That's, that, that's exactly a what it is. Single
0: score that d- 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 defines if you are winning or losing. Now that single score may be different depending on your goals. For me, it's operational cash flow. right? That's my number one. But, but all I'm saying is, is that if you're playing a game and not everyone can agree on what the score is, meaning Mm night, what that, what that measurement is, or even the number. I don't know how to calculate it. I mean, that's like watching pop Warner football, right? Where they, they hike the ball and then everyone just rushes the ball (laughs) because no one knows what's going on. And so I'm being dead serious. If you're listening to this tomorrow, just go in and ask, Hey, what's the number one number that defines if we're winning or losing.
1: And so, so again, again, what what you just said is important because it may be like, so I look at, Operational, what's that? Operationally, it's gross margin, right? Mm-hmm. Sales is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your uh, sales to, to uh, sales made or and or, you know, marketing, your cost per lead, cost per sale, and your GA, right? But yours is kind of goes all the way down and says operational cash flow. That entails everything that I've just mentioned, yep. but you have to have each of those components. Proper before you can get to that operational cash flow, or otherwise the, the whole thing's a fiction. Right. And let me just define that real quick for our audience if
0: you're confused on what the operational cash flow is. And I'm going to tell you how Donnie calculates it. Now, I'm doing this knowingly that I've got an antagonist CPA on this podcast with me right now. So I'm just going to watch his facial expressions and see how much he cringes. But this is how I define it. So if I take my revenue and I take out my profit. Okay. That's going to give me net income. I'm not profit, my expenses. I'm already screwing up. So take my revenue minus my expenses. That's going to give me, that's going to give me profit. Now there are other things that I need to pay in the business. So now we got taxes to worry about and we've got notes to take care of. So notes meaning
1: vehicle debt for the most part in our business. Yeah.
0: Any kind of debt payoff that we have. I'm fortunate that all we have to deal with are, 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 are vehicles, but let's, so now I've got my profit. I'm going to take out my vehicle payments, and then I'm going to take out my tax load, which in a case may be 40 to 45%, depending on where you're at. After that, that's my operational cash flow. Now, let me tell you why I view this as the number one statistic for, at least for my business, is because if I was in a growth mode and I wanted to grow the business to say $100 million, I would not be using this number because I could never make profit. Right? What I would be using would be sales would be my number one goal. Right. But what I'm interested in is a sustainable business that's growing and it's very, very healthy and it can sustain itself. The reason I use OCF is because now I know the business is in a place that it can manage itself and it can put cash in the bank. So if I were, you know, again, you can pick your number one number. That's my number one number. But all I'm saying is, is that you could absolutely be making a profit and still go out of business.
1: Right. That's why I like what's so yeah, so so one of the things that that um, you know, if you if you've seen our reports, uh, we use something called the rule of twenty three. The rule of twenty three, I didn't make it up. It's it's an Orkin thing that, that that they put into place many years ago. That that how they judge their branch managers, and basically, it's you're going to either do twenty three percent growth or twenty three percent profit or some combination there of thirteen ten. Now, when you and I got together, you decided not to call it the rule of 23, but just call it a composite and then took it up to like 30. I did. Right. I did. And we have clients who are doing 30 or better. But but think about like, so why is that? N- number important oh wow that that's great but the reason it's important is because it, it shows you if you're going to do that 23 percent growth most most likely you're not going to have a whole lot of profit or if you're going to do the 23 percent profit or whatever the numbers are right you're most likely not going to have the growth so it shows you that that you know balance of where you want to be because you're right if if you know a lot of these companies that are growing like crazy are not profitable and but but there's a, an end game in mind. You you understand that, right? But if you're in it to make a living and then ultimately exit, you know, when, you know, uh, it, when the time comes, you need to make a profit, right? Because that's how you put food on the table for your family,
0: you know? Right. You know, one of the things that, and I know we're going to get to this later, um, you know, oftentimes I feel like a lot of folks will jump right to statistics and they'll jump right to graphs and charts and those types of things. But what they don't do, okay, so we, we talked about the very beginning, which is information versus insight. So it's number one, picking the right things to look at. The the second piece that needs to happen before you jump to graphs and charts and a bunch of other stuff is, okay, so now I know which my what my right statistics are. The second thing is, is, is my data accurate? And I'm going to tell you, This is one that you really need to spend a lot of time on. I I mean, for me, we've, I know I've mentioned this in the podcast, we're on our third CRM conversion and I'm never doing this again. I am never doing this again because we finally just got in a place now where I feel really good about our data. And it took us almost six months to get there, uh, maybe even a little bit longer, mainly because you know, the, 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 data from the conversion wasn't accurate. We had some, some procedural things that were not quite right, where people were putting things in that were not accurate. And the way that that all started was, was like, okay, this is the definition. Like you're going to laugh, Dan, you'll probably laugh at this, but I legitimately had a class with my managers and it was definitions. This is a lead and it is defined it's in a handbook now.
1: That's so important. <laughs> no, is. that is yeah. absolutely
0: important. Yeah. Like, you know? Because I, there was so many different definitions. Like, Oh, I don't put that in that. Like they didn't need service. I'm like, no, they called, right. They, they, they it is a lead. Right. It's just, we couldn't service. So, so my point is, is like, you know, there's this whole idea of like, okay, this is what I need to track. And then it's a whole nother project to make sure that what you, okay. So then this is what is important. How do I get accurate? And how do I stay accurate? And it, I'm, I'm not joking. I had a, a full meeting on just definitions of like, you know, again, this yeah. is what a lead is. This is what a callback is. This is what, and it was a contentious meeting. It took us almost two hours to get through it, which is it kind of crazy.
1: Like I have 10 managers. No, but But it's really, really important because, you know, somebody may have in their mind a different definition. And that way, when they put the data in, right, they're not putting in the data that you think that they're putting in and then you're getting bad data. The other thing is from an accounting perspective, you know, like what we do is that, you know, we, we uh, obviously um, you know, present monthly reports at the end of the month, but that's the culmination of the process of the bank reconciliation, the journal entry to, to journalize sales and revenues, uh, 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 payments and accounts receivable from the CRM to QuickBooks, to, to journalize payroll, to do all of this stuff. And if that's not done right, then you're, you're way off. Right. But, but, and, and, it, you know, what's interesting is, uh, there's some of the consultants say, well, you know, you should have dashboards that you can look at daily or weekly, and I agree on the operational side. The stuff that you're pulling out of your CRM, you never look at accounting data or your PNL mid-month because if it's not done, it's not meaningful. You might not have a payroll in there. You might not have, you know. So, so people who look at their PNL and and geez, I, I want that PNL every week. Well, then you have to do a closeout every week if that's what you want to do. You can't look at that. It's it, you know, accounting has has silos. And once the silo is closed, then you can look at it, but right. you can't look at it week to week, you know. So that's important.
0: Well, I think the other piece of that is is that, you know, we do forecasting and we like to see mm-hmm. how we're trending for the month and how we're trending for the quarter and how we're trending for the year. But you're right. I mean, I don't take anything to the to the bank, for lack of a better term, there and uh, no pun intended. But you know, we, obviously, that all the financial information is looking back. I am—I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, right? That's how I think. I'm looking at where's the ball going, and 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 are we trending in the right spot? And 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 are we looking? Are we are we low? Are we high? What what changes do we need to make? And that trending piece, that forecast, it's it's a little tricky, and it takes time. I mean, it takes literally probably at least for us, it took us almost a year to get good at it because there's things that pop up that you don't know. There's things that were in the budget last year that are, you know, it's
1: always changed. By by the way, you can do revenue all throughout the month that's in sales and you could do, you know, project out your payroll, but you can't put it all together until it's closed out. You can't look at a P and L because you will be surprised when you, when you, once that month end is closed, you know, so it's, it's important that you understand when to look at your data and what data to look at. That's very, very important. Right. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, is like how you look at
0: your data. Um, I am in a, in a weird spot this year that I don't like. And that is whenever I look at data, it's all about context, right? I don't care about dollars. I shouldn't say I don't care about dollars, but if someone gives me a revenue number and this is what we're going to do in revenue for the year or for the month or for the week, I mean, I don't really care. It has no significance without relevance. And so I like to look at, okay, this is our revenue. This is our goal. And this is what we did last year. I always like to have historical and goal with my numbers, mainly so that I can see, are we growing? Are we getting better? How are we doing as compared to last year? And what does that mean? Um, You know, I know that we had written here on our outline, just the importance of looking at company history. I think that is critical because, you know, your numbers are not always going to line up with the industry. There might be something specific in your market that you have to deal with that Mm -hmm. others don't. I think about like, we don't deal with rats that much here. I know for some folks, that's a huge, that's a huge book of business. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, when you have really good accurate data, you, you know, and you've got like years of good historical data. I mean, forecasting gets super easy. I mean, back in the day before we did all of our little, we did our CRM tour, we would do a, a a forecast and we never was more than one or 2% off our forecast because right. we had such good data. You know
1: what I mean? Well, the reason that you can do that, right. Is because the forecasting is a three piece pie, right? The first piece is your route work that, you know, if you, if you have 0% attrition, you know, to the penny, what you're going to do. The second is the renewals, same thing. And the third piece of the pie is, are those new sales, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you can, you know, you know, I have five, Salespeople who are going to get this many leads and close at this percentage—you can back right into it, so you can get really, really accurate. I'll tell you what's interesting with some of the new uh, things that people are doing. Right, so in the industry, and you're doing this, right? You're doing monthly billing, right? So on the first of the month, your CRM records all that revenue, right? So if you say I want to do a hundred thousand dollars this month, well, probably on the second day, if I run a sales report. I've done $80,000 of revenue. Well, you haven't. So you got to look at production, not at revenue, right? Because your revenue is not recognized rateably the way it's supposed to. And some people, you know, get into this false sense of we're having a great month. Well, you're having a great month because you charged all your clients the first of the month, you know? So, Yeah. And we look at both. I mean, we, you know, we, we grade our technicians against
0: production, and we grade obviously what's going to hit the bank. I mean, that's you know, that's an important stat to know as well because production does not equal, and I've had this discussion so many times. Production does not equal our bill out, especially once you start doing monthly billing. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just and and some things to watch on that is that, and this is just an aside, this, this is not so much about data integrity. This is more just being a good operator. Word to the wise, be very careful with this. You need to balance out your production because monthly billing will hide like these peaks and valleys in production. Absolutely. have seen it because you're like, oh yeah, man, our revenue is just so solid. And meanwhile- We're you are killing it. Months, <laughs> yeah, and your production, some months are just off the charts because it lines up with May or June or whatever these heavy months are. Right. And then you got other months that are just like, so all I'm telling you is that you may want to consider putting some sort of process in place that at least once a year, you rebalance that production because you will not see that in bill outs. So just be careful with that. Mm-hmm. So we we
1: I I it's and just
0: it's recent because we just had that happen. We had to go back through and do a rebalance. No,
1: it's important. It's uh it, it, now that more and more companies are doing this, you know, monthly billing, you know, just subscription thing, which is terrific. I love it. But you got to understand what the 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 uh the risks are in looking at the data so that you've got to normalize it to make sure that you're able to understand how it works. But uh it, it's it's pretty interesting stuff. Right. So let's
0: talk a little bit about um so we've talked about information versus insight. We've talked about picking the right data to look at. We've talked about the importance of making sure that data is accurate and building the systems to to keep that data accurate, which is you would be shocked at how hard that is. We've talked about defining your terms, making sure that everyone's on the same page as to you know, because that's going to be part of keeping the data accurate, right? Is keeping everyone on the same page. And you can do that through systems and procedures, but I promise you, it, it's something that you constantly have to go back and remind folks, especially when it comes to leads or things where people have to make a, a hard decision that this this counts or doesn't. I mean, even with, right, like, we have CTM right now, but even then there's still a human that has to mark that call. You know, if it comes in on a, even if it comes in on a lead line, meaning that it's a, it's a, it's a track number. Well, current customers call those lines as well. I mean, it's not like you know, someone has yeah. to make that decision. So there's, there's a training component on that and there's a valuation. I would say the next thing, and and before we get into dashboards, is is that it, we build a lot of audits in at Triangle. It, at one point we did we used to have them really, really well, and then we went through, but but we're getting back to that. And the reason is is because um you would be surprised. It, it just a few audits, how much time and effort it saves you and how much, how critical that is to keeping your data clean, because, you, you know, again, you can go through and and I'm sure you've never had this, Dan, where you went through and you cleaned someone's books up and then a year later,
1: <laughs> ah.
0: they're back in the same spot. Never, never A so well,
1: lot, lot of times, uh, well, well, if we're doing the work, then no, but if if uh, somebody wants us to, you know, uh, you know, a, a watered down version of what we do, but I- I'll tell you what's interesting is um you can tell the health of a company by their accounts receivable and and i don't mean the balance i mean the age right because remember for every dollar that's in that accounts receivable i've recognized revenue right so we'll walk into a company that does a million dollars or 2 million dollars of annualized revenue with a million dollar receivable that's you know 5 years old well what they did, they're not as good as they think they are, or otherwise right. they would have collected that money. So right. that's important, right? That right. That's very, very important. Right. Why don't we switch
0: gears now? Why don't we talk a little bit about um, kind of industry research and talk about industry data and and really metricing or, or you know comparing yourself to other data sets. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Dan, and just kind of like, I know for me, sure. like I, I, I said earlier that I did a class on, um, on financials, and I did a class on this is what winning the game looks like, and here's what's critical, and here's the here's the insight that we need, and picking the critical numbers to look at. We actually used your cost study to do that. Um, and what I did was, is I I went through, which I think I shared the slides with you, so you saw them. But but I took this is what is important in the industry, just to just so that everyone on my leadership team knows that. Then I said, okay, now here's where triangle is, and then here's where the industry is, and you know, I asked, um, so I just got through with my lap, my previous round of state of the company meetings. And anytime I do every court, I do state of the company, I go to Raleigh and I go to Houston and I go to Charlotte and I, you know, I do it wherever we have branches. And I meet with all my managers and I asked them, I'm like, what did you think of the class? And almost all of them, there's only two who didn't said, I really enjoyed the part where you showed us, you know, here's what's important as far as like numbers. And here's where we're at, and here's where we are in comparison to the industry, because it made me understand why we do what we do. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the, 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 the yeah, the so and
1: kind of like the cost study and how that all yeah, comes together? So, yeah. Let's start with the cost study because we're actually, you know, it's interesting that cost study was done in 2019, and people say, well, why don't you update it every year? And the fact of the matter is. Your labor percentage is your labor percentage in 2019, 2020, 2022, whatever, 23, whatever. But we're actually going to be updating it for 2023. And I'll tell you why. Because the numbers, because of aff- inflation, have gotten bigger, right? So my labor percentage might be half uh, percent right? Like it's always been and should have been, right? however my route values have increased because of my price increases to keep up with inflation so what is you know an, an acceptable or a, a best in class route you know 5 years ago might have been 200 220000 now it's 260 to 300, right? That's, that's, that's where it should be. So we're actually going to, in 2024, we're going to re-release the cost study. But the cost study was, oh, uh, I think 130 or so of our clients. And we, we, we pushed some out so that we, you know, the, the the largest of our clients we didn't include because they would have, uh, you know, if you take averages, they, they kind of skew the data and the smallest as well. And what we came up with is a cost study what is what should labor look like and not just should it look like for the industry but for residential for commercial for uh, wood destroying and for other services? What should, you know, uh, your marketing spend be? What should, you know, all of these various KPIs? And you know what's interesting? If you, so Rollins is probably the only pure pest play, right? So Renekill has other, uh, you know, services, Ecolab, they're they're into a ton of things, right? And and those are public companies that you can look at their SEC filings. The problem with those SEC filings is you can't draw Drill down as far as we drill down, but you can look at their gross margins, and you can look at the gross margins in our cost study. And what's really, really interesting is that our cost study kind of lines up with with Rollins pretty well. And Rollins is one of the best-in-class companies out there. I mean, there's there's, there's there's they they just do a fantastic job, right? So the cost study allows you to operate or look at best-in-class. Companies and and how they operate, and one of the things you know, so so you might be able to break it into quadrants. Well, anybody who's a million dollars and less, or a million dollar uh, million to five million, and and whatnot, and I'm not sure that that's all that important. What you're looking to do is to be with the big boys, right? And our client base, again, over 1.2 billion dollars of annualized revenue, we're able to put that together, and so they're they're. There aren't too many data sets out there that, that, that I think are, are better than ours. The other one is our joint venture with William Blair, our, our friend Tim Mulrooney, who's been on the podcast. We submit data every month. What we do is we, we take data from all of our clients. We cleanse out all the names and whatnot. And it's just a data set. And he's got these number jockeys that put it all together and tell us how the industry is doing. And, um, you know, uh, the one thing that I would tell you is, and I like to think that most of our clients are best in class in the industry, right? And so if you look at that growth data, if you look at those those, uh, you know, the, the charts, they mirror, Renickill and Rollins and they're a little bit higher because they're smaller companies right so if Rollins grows 5% that's a tremendous amount of money versus Triangle right so Triangle could grow 10% or 15% but the 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 correlation in the graph is is really uncanny it's 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 pretty cool and so that's how you can take a look at, at how the industry's doing now we had dave Gianetto on uh um uh, uh, our episode um well we recorded it last week i don't know when it air, or no it did it did it dropped this week right um and some of his data is kind of interesting too because he he has best in class companies but he also has you know, one man operations or one woman operations, and they're not best in class, not saying that the, the, the size, but they have companies, you know, anybody can buy pest Pack or, you know, uh, you know, and, and so what he's seeing is kind of interesting with that lower end that they're not doing as well as the upper echelon. But I think that those who are using this information that we have and others have, um, you know, to 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 validate what they're doing. I think that they're they're going to succeed, and especially now you've got these. I don't even know what you call it. Is it a recession? Is it inflation? It's, we 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 haven't defined these economic times, and it's funny because looking back on it, what we're going to say, oh yeah, that was the the, the 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 slight recession or the inflation. But but right now, going through it is is you know it's it's a little scary, but. Pest control is doing great, and uh, if you look at our, our our data, um, I think that um, you know that's a really really uh, strong thing that you can share with your leadership team and also aspire to be. So. Well,
0: I will tell you, we are going to do an episode of the economy, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think we are in a recession for our industry, and the reason is this is and I'm I'm not gonna run us off. We're we're here talking about data and dashboards, and I want to keep it on that, but just. This is fresh in my mind because I talked about this in our state of the company. If you look at who are getting pink slips, it's our target demographic. And if you look mm-hmm. at what our revenue growth is as an industry, as compared to average average price increases last year, what it's showing you is, is that basically price increases are saving our butt. The industry, I right. think, is flat.
1: Absolutely. Yep. You know, but we'll Customer accounts are flat. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, we'll that's another, that.
0: we'll talk about that in another episode, but so, so we've done all the, you know, so we've done, we've, we've gone through the process now and now it's time to display it. Um, for me personally, I like dashboards because, and I like graphs. I particularly like graphs because I can look at something in three seconds when I'm seeing previous year and I'm seeing goal and I'm seeing where we're at. And in three seconds, I can get a really good handle on where the business is at. It probably has a lot to do with my background and what I do on, you know, it's for my hobbies, but, but I've got other folks in my business who loves looking at, you know, they like looking at data grids and they like looking at, you know, just a basic table. Um, But, you know, I think the reality of it is, is that, and I think probably the entire point of this, of this specific episode is, is that when you think about dashboards and you think about graphs, that is like the tip of the iceberg. That is the very, that's the only, like, there's so much more that it is below the waterline that has to be right. It's gotta be correct for those things to even make any sense whatsoever, because I'll tell you right now in, in the, in the, in the absence of accurate data, it's better not to have the data at all because right. at the end of the day, you're going to make dumb decisions based on assumptions that you've not questioned or you not validated. And that's just as, that's just
1: as bad as just making it up. In fact, you might even and, be better making it up. <laughs> you, well, no, sometimes what you see, especially with accounting data, right? If that's not accurate, you might hand those financials to a banker and you're basically committing bank fraud you might decide to do your taxes with that information if it's not accurate and that's you know you're not going to get your proper taxes and some people would say that's a good thing or it's a bad thing but you know the law says you got to do it right so uh, uh, a skilled accountant will do taxes and will reduce that tax liability best best that he can using uh, you know various uh, techniques but he's got to have accurate data, so it's really important to understand. Especially, your accounting firm should be staffed by CPAs who understand our industry, who understand the tax uh, picture, not just uh, uh, preparing taxes, but doing tax planning, understanding what's going on. So it's extremely important that that uh, you know an accounting firm does that whole package for you, um, you know, because uh, otherwise you're not going to get accurate financial data. Right. And the operational data is r- really important. Um, and and like you said, it's all about definitions. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. got to get
0: close to wrapping up here, but there's a couple of things I want to say yeah. before we finish out. And, and the first one is, is um, if there's any interest, just drop us a line on YouTube or, or however it is that you consume the podcast. But, I would love to go through our, our data warehouse and how it all works. We we are generating some really cool dashboards now and it's all automated and it's working quite well. Um, I'm not taking a victory lap, but I will tell you that it is way better than it's ever been. So that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is, is that what I'm super excited about, and this is kind of my next project because you know I've been working on this one for a, a bit, Dan. My next project is, is I want to start using AI to create where the ball is going. You know, again, as an entrepreneur, it's important. It's, that is, it's It's good that I know yeah. what we did. It's good that, you know, obviously my data being accurate, but I'm always wondering like where are we going and where is it going to be at in a month, where we're going to be at in six months, where we're going to be next year. And so it's amazing. I think it would be great to do an episode on looking and going through some of these tools. And I don't, by the way, I don't have this figured out yet. This is kind of my next big project, which is I want to start plugging in some of these predictive AI tools, um, programs to start looking at our financial start looking at operational data that's coming out of this data warehouse and start because to me if i can give if i can know where the ball is going to be at in six months or even a year and it's pretty accurate um
1: that's pretty powerful right i mean no getting the the, getting that the data warehouse right we've had so many clients who have tried it and just said forget it i can't do it um but but to, to be able to get that right and uh,
0: it took a, it looks took a like little you're bit, there. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> it took a little bit, but we got it. We got it. And if you got any yep. questions, you yep. can always reach out to me, and I can walk you through what we did. But all righty, Dan. Anything to add before we finish out here?
1: No, I think uh, this is a really important episode. And I think if you take a look at your data, don't just take a look at you know pretty charts and graphs and you know off-the-shelf uh, uh, programs that, uh, that that present the data. If the data is not right. It, it's no good. You know, you can yeah. put pig on, what do they say? Lipstick on a pig. But on it's a still pig. pig. Yeah. It's right. still a pig. So, righty. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: that was, that's a wrap. Just a reminder, all the resources and topics that we talked about today are available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. I'm sure we can link up that um, cost study. If you want to take a look at that as well, just take a look under show notes. And as I always mention at the end of our episodes, we always love comments, especially if they're positive and reviews. We want to get this content out to as many people as we can. It's one of our ways that we like to help out the industry. But if you have complaints, concerns, or any kind of general just negativity in general, Dan loves those types of calls. And I ask, yeah, just send it to me. Send them all to him and we'll take it from there. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you next time. All All right. Take care. care.